like Lindsay Buckingham wrote that song just for you Ben <laughs> I, I think so too I've always thought I've always thought that about everything uh, that Lindsay Buckingham has done and that's why I always feel I always felt super bad on SNL when uh, they did that uh, talk show thing where he was always the guest that got bumped <laughs> yeah. they did that gag that uh, I think then Jimmy Kimmel stole yep. and did to Matt Damon uh-huh it's always Lindsay Paul Lindsay Buckingham how often do you get bumped <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't make for a good guess. (laughs) Hey, everyone. This is uh, Good Movie Monday, the weekly podcast dedicated to nerdy cinematic ramblings. We do appreciate you choosing to listen to us. My name is Glenn Cochran, stuck here in dreary old Melbourne and coming to you all the way from Vienna, home of the loaf. It's Ben Helwig. Hey, mate. How are you? I was going to say, it's actually pretty dreary here right now, too. Even though we're heading into summer here, uh, all night it was uh, pouring with rain. Well, dude, I want to ask you, like, how's it going over there? But far out, you've practically just landed. You haven't been there for long. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I got into Vienna at midday yesterday, and then I was whisked off uh, by my cousin who picked me up from the airport uh, to a uh, to the, the the Prater, which is the uh, big tourist attraction here. It's like a big park, and it, and a, and it has a um, bit of a theme theme park thing attached. It's got a giant Ferris wheel and a you know, restaurants and um, mini golf and all that kind of stuff. And then I took his dog for a walk, and then I went to a, like um, to a, a local mall, which was fantastic. I had a, had a, had an iced coffee there, and then pretty much slept <laughs> the rest of the the rest of the day. I love that there was a theme park uh, in there because that kind of fits the holiday road kind of vibe going on right now. Yeah, yeah. We didn't actually, funnily enough, the only the only part of that we saw from the, we went to a restaurant because I've been. I haven't been here for 13 years. I came over in 2010. It was the last time. It was the first time I actually met my cousin. Yeah, ever. right. And my uncle and aunt introduced me to the Viennese spare ribs, which, and I, I never had ribs at home. The couple of you know uh, uh, <laughs> times I'd had ribs in Australia, I was always disappointed because it's always more bone than meat. So you, you get this like massive plate of, of ribs, and then when you actually chow down, you're like, oh, I could eat five of these. Like it's always, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. always been a problem. Completely different in the US, completely different here. They are amazing. So I've been salivating about these spare ribs for 13 years. So that that's that's literally where he took me. He took me to the to the Prada to a restaurant that his um, some of his colleagues had recommended had had you know some of the best spare ribs in Vienna, and they were pretty fucking good. I will I will say. <laughs> And I chowed down on those things like there was no tomorrow. I think I walked out with more rib between my teeth than uh, <laughs> than I swallowed, but it was it was magnificent. Uh, but so the only actual part of the theme park there that I saw was they have a mini. They call, they've got a subway system here called the U-Bahn, mm-hmm. um, and they, there's a mini. And it's funnily enough, it's actually above rail, but they've got a mini kind of railway called the Lilliput. The Lilliput after Gulliver's Travels, I'm, I'm assuming. Um, railway system that runs through this park and we were like walking literally walking his dog and that thing's coming around having to save the dog from being run over by the mini <laughs> railway system full, full of kids and fat tourists of of hopefully which 
why not? I will be one. Are they actually your family? I mean, we've all seen what happened to the Griswolds when they knocked on the family's door over in Germany. <laughs> yeah, they just, I look, it's been 13 years. We've all changed. COVID's come. Uh, yeah. Well, you never know. Like maybe I, that, I, maybe I, 13 years ago you knocked on the wrong door and they've just played along all the way. And they've just played on. Look, I will say that, that Christian does look a lot like my father when he was young. <laughs> and that's all I'm going by. So really, it could just be, it could be, it could, it could be, uh, you know, Chernobyl runoff because Chernobyl did, when they had the nuclear meltdown in Chernobyl, it did leak into the Danube, <laughs> which goes all the way through Hungary and it does go through Vienna. Mm. So I remember, I remember that my, my sister came over here in like 2000 with my parents and I stayed at home and had to look after the, the, the animals and stuff. I think we were both, I would have been like 21 and she would have been 18 kind of thing. And they went to, because my mother is from Hungary and grew up, like was there, lived there till she was about eight, I think, before she immigrated to Australia. Just when communism came in, she, they escaped. Mm. And they were there. And, and I, I said, I was like, so, you know, what are the people like? Are they, are they attractive? <laughs> you know, because you, a, lot of, a lot of phenomenal looking porn stars come out of, you know, Hungary. And uh, she's like, no, she goes, look, that, that Chernobyl runoff, that really had an effect. She goes, they... They they're good from afar, but when you get up close, they are far from good because they're all like their ears kind of stick to their, or their <laughs> eyes are too big for their heads. Oh my or, god! It's like there's a lot of weird. Mm. I think I'm just insulting an entire country <laughs> because there's a lot of now, there's I, a lot of weird stuff going on. I this mean, was this was 20 years ago. I don't know. I'm never been. I mentioned um, Vienna Loaf a moment ago. So speaking of loaf, this is a great segue. Uh, last week on the show, you promised. I actually thought you were referencing. I was going to say, I thought you were, oh, I'll let you, you go, you go, finish, finish your bit. And I then I'll gonna, say what I was, I was thinking when you mentioned Vienna Last Loaf. week, you promised us an update on the toilet situation. <laughs> it is, oh, look, I tell you, uh, <laughs> I had an experience on the plane that not only do I wish hadn't happened, but I'm sure that, that people in, in a six, in a six row, <laughs> In the six rows around me, also wish it didn't. Just happen. think about how much you actually and, want to reveal about this story before you do yeah. it. But look, I, I, I came over. I came over uh, the <laughs> flight. I took. I flew to Perth, mm-hmm. which was like it was only three hours. It was great, mm. um, and I think it was a real three hours, not that three hours when the time difference changes <laughs> yeah. and you you leave at eleven and get there at, at eleven. It's been five hours, or uh, <laughs> and that was fine. I had I had no one sitting next to me for that for that part, and then. I got on the new Dreamliner plane to fly the 17 hours to, to Heathrow. And uh, there was only one person. There was one person on the on the window seat and we had the the middle seat between us. And I don't know how people survive without that middle seat free. I yeah, mean, yeah, it's yeah. just not something I care to repeat uh, or, or care to suffer through. Um, but geez, do I, feel, I felt so sorry for that guy. <laughs> like about, about halfway through, about halfway through, I, I broke Ben's golden rule. <laughs> Uh, and uh, <laughs> let me tell you, the, the the reward was not worth the effort. It, and I, like I primarily did it because I was like, because sometimes sometimes it's it's hard to tell if you you know if you actually have to go or you just you haven't because you're in a plane <laughs> and people joke about planes being a um, a tin can of farts, flying can of farts, mm-hmm. and I'm very. Uh, I try and be quite respectful of the people around me. I so I went to the I, I would have gone into that bathroom about six times just to fart. <laughs> but and some and like I always think, but and that was after not like containing the farts while I was sitting there for like hours. 
And after a while, it does build up in your system, and you're like, oh, I feel a bit, um, I feel a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> so I was like, look, maybe if I go and do this, I'll, I'll face my fears and <laughs> everyone else in the plane's fears. I'll go and do this, and then I'll be able to sleep for the rest of the flight because it is a 17-hour flight, and you do want to be able to sleep if you possibly can. Not only was the effort not worth the reward, I also still did not get a minute worth of shut eye. I had, <laughs> I bought one of those uh, things on the internet that you can get. That's a, uh, it's like a face mask, but it also has these soft yep. uh, speakers in the side, like they're Bluetooth headphones. Yep. So you can actually sleep on them without causing any um, discomfort. And so I had that because they didn't turn off the, they actually didn't kind of dim the plane lights until about midnight our time because mm-hmm. uh, they try and they try and adjust you subtly to the new time zone you're flying to not so subtly actually and for someone like me who usually goes to bed about nine o'clock and i'm being very generous with myself when i say about nine o'clock so as not to embarrass myself <laughs> on live on uh, podcasting <laughs> by how early i actually uh go uh it did not help at all i know you're not in Germany right now, and it's not October, but I do have this image of you in Lederhosen drinking pints of beer and staring at boobs like Rusty from European Vacation. Well, that's that's what I'm doing in my mind. <laughs> the the, the, re, the reality is I'm uh, I'm, sitting, I'm sitting here with my uh, religious paraphernalia, and uh, <laughs> you, you do and, know uh, that I'm going to be I'm going to be maintaining this whole European Vacation thing for the entire like six weeks. <laughs> For the entire time. And hey, this is the longest intro I reckon we've ever had on the show. <laughs> we've outlasted the song. It is, yeah. So I, <laughs> sorry, I apologize. No, so hey, this week, uh, everybody listening, like now now we'll get back to you because, you know, Ben and I have been having a good old chinwag. <laughs> but we do have a special guest, Brandon Cronenberg, the director of the new film Infinity Pool. I'll be talking to him a little bit later and that's a whole lot of fun. So stick around for that. And in a few moments, we'll be dragging Jarrett into the conversation this week to talk about what whatever's coming out or isn't coming out on physical uh, entertainment, which I don't think there's a whole lot, but we're about to find out. Of course, we do have the guys from the Bonehead Weekly podcast in America. Well, they'll be spitting lyrical about body horror movies and all that kind of stuff. And you can find us on goodmoviemonday.com. Just go there and follow all the links to our social media pages. We would appreciate it if you like, subscribe, follow, comment, share all of the good stuff. Anyway, back to the show. Ben, um, I've already picked your brain about the toilet scenario. What else? Did you watch any movies on the plane? I did. And because of that, it's going to be my, my recommendation. Oh, the, okay. the one that I, I watched a lot of TV. Ah. Uh, and I, let me tell you, like, there's a there's that HBO show industry, which is all about um, uh, first year kind of university grads trying to make it <laughs> in a, like a stock, like a, I don't know, stock market kind of whatever that, I don't know what the, like, you know, stock trading company kind of thing in the, in the, in the UK. And let me tell you, for a for a TV series to watch on a plane, that movie, that series has a lot of fucking like a lot, <laughs> and 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 it's not all like it's not all vanilla. So people walking past, and I was sitting, I was sitting like two rows away from the toilet. So I had a lot of traffic. Well, I mean, going past I mean, me, like both to and from the the bathroom. So I would have, they would have all been given them a show. Europe is the home of the, the nude newsreader, so you know, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll yeah. tell you what doesn't have a lot of that stuff in it, but um, about 30 years ago when I did my first flight across to Canada, I discovered whose line is it anyway for the first time. And I'll tell you what, when you get stuck on that kind of binge and go down that rabbit hole, that'll get you through a whole flight really quickly. i tell you what, like I have, like I, I notoriously, I think I've made jokes about it on the show that I don't understand 
TikTok and how it works and stuff. I, I do have the app on my phone. I just don't have an account. So I can't save anything. Mm -hmm. I can't follow anyone. Uh, and it's not really supposed to be able to track my likes. But let me tell you, <laughs> on that feed, when you first turn it on, there is, it's 80%, 80% it's whose line is it anyway? <laughs> but the the post-Drew Carey stuff, the, um, where they had the, uh, the, the, the woman whose name now has escaped me. Yeah, but I'm all about uh, the I'm all about the Clive Anderson, it. the Clive Anderson stuff. The original, yeah, the Clive Anderson stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, there's a lot of that, and and it's that it's eighty percent that twenty percent the rookie with Nathan Fillion <laughs> that TV show just yeah, clips yeah. from that. Uh, I don't know how, how it's picked that that's what I like to watch, but I ain't complaining. <laughs> all right, well let's um let's bring Jared into it. Let's um <laughs> regroup and then, then we'll continue in a moment. <laughs> Hey folks, just a quick one this week because I know that you know that we prefer you to listen to us on the Newsly app. Go to newsly.me, download it and listen to whatever podcast you want, particularly ours, just particularly ours, listen to ours. Um, but if you're into news, it's a good app to have because it takes the highest trending articles from all around the world from over 80 different countries and it puts them right into the palm of your hand. It doesn't matter what you like, you can curate it, whether it's sports, film, uh, politics, whatever your interest, it will take the highest trending articles and read it back to you in a natural human voice, which is really handy if you're driving to work or you're jogging or you're doing something and you can't read. You just might be lazy like I am. It's good if you like audiobooks and stuff like that. So download the Newsly app from newsly.me and if you want to test out their free premium service, we can get you one month absolutely free. Just use the exclusive code Monday without the O. M-N-D-A-Y. Get the Newsly app now. Oh, shit. <laughs> hey, is that the sound of Jarrett? That means we're started. Hell, I'm just trying to be super quiet. I'm trying to be super quiet. How are you, mate? Good. I was literally just shuffling through a few of my discs over here, import discs, so we won't talk about those. But yeah, I'm good, man. Yourself? How, how are you both doing? Ben, you're overseas at the moment. Oh, hang on. Are we pretending am, he's in the studio? No, no, no. He's overseas. Are we keeping up the myth? No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm in. I'm. I'm. I'm here in Vienna in the lovely uh, hotel Beckman uh, with my trusty religious paraphernalia. <laughs> uh, yeah, with my, and uh, I've got it's, it's no no uh, no pass system here. Like no, uh, you know. Wallets oh, on credit that's... card. I've got a little yeah, right. hotel key. Although, to be honest, and I've got to be quiet because I think the walls are pretty thin here. <laughs> After hours, there's a there's a there's a kind of a ceremony that happens in the basement. <laughs> 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 Everyone bring so their own crucifix. You pay, <laughs> you pay extra for that. That's they they advertise that. That's not an issue. But they've got this side door to come in. Yeah, you know, after seven o'clock, they close the reception area. And she gave me a key and she's like, this big key is for the reception area. That's how um, you, know, you get in at, at night. And I'm like, okay, no worries. So, and I went out. I had to go to a supermarket and get some stuff. And I came back. I'm pretty sure I used the, I'm pretty sure it was it was locked. I had to turn the key a couple of times because they have these double locks here. So you can never tell if you've unlocked it or just double locked it. Uh, so sometimes yep, it takes yep. a couple of go arounds on the key. But so I unlocked the door come in and I turn around to lock it again and there's a sign, a little plaque on the top saying fire fire exit door, do not open, <laughs> do not lock. And I'm like, oh, shit. Because there's no Hang other on, locks. That means anyone can get in. No 
come in. And I'm like, wow. Uh, why would they give me a key if I'm not supposed to lock it? But then if I do lock it, am I going to kill everybody in this hotel if there's a fire? So I've left it alone <laughs> totally. and spent the entire night in a state of paranoid delusion that somebody was uh, yeah. breaking No, key number two was I her room, dude. It was her room. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there you go. And you can get in there after hours. <laughs> For reasons that I explained off air, I don't think that's a... Uh, a possibility. She was friendly enough, but quite happy to get me out of the reception area. On the topic of physical media, Ben, have you had an opportunity to drop into a store and check out their wares? Are they stocked up with physical media over there? They they are. I did go into a, for the life of me, I can't remember the name of the shop. It's like a home, home something or another. Um, it's very much like a it's what JB Hi-Fi wants to become mm -hmm. back home. Okay. It's they, it, but it's more like a Harvey Norman back when Harvey Norman stopped physical mm -hmm. physical product. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it is great. Like it is. It's got a great. It's got a pretty decent like video game section if you're into that kind of stuff. No, I'm not particularly. It's got a, a very good vinyl so, selection, which I was surprised about. Oh wow. Uh, well, they got. I think the they've got pressing plants all over there. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. where all the vinyl, vinyl is tends exploding. To come from exploding. Yeah. exploding. Yeah. And it actually is pretty pretty reasonably priced but they did have a lovely physical media section and the beautiful thing about about uh, germany and austria and and the films in this region is that they put all sorts of crazy shit on blu-ray they just don't give a fuck because it's nice and cheap I'm yeah sure because of, as you said the plants are here so there was and there was a, a massive they had like wall displays of media books and stuff wow. i think i sent you a couple of pictures earlier yeah. of like the blood sport 4k and yeah. there's a lot of which is, you know, considering the Hans Fritzl stuff, there is a surprising amount of movies about cannibals in, in media books. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah. So surprising. I mean, you look I mean, like you're in Fritzl's is, basement right, right now. <laughs> it's, it's like, I, I can't. I can't leave. This, this is key. It was for, strictly for show. Uh, this before, before this turns into hostel. <laughs> <laughs> the prelude. Oh. I suppose, well, Jared, okay, gentlemen. I was going to say, you're probably enjoying all of this banter because there's not a lot to report on, eh? No, there's a ton of stuff coming out next week. <laughs> Is there? No, not really. It's all coming out the following week, really. <laughs> there's a ton of stuff coming out the week the week of May 24th. Next week, there's nothing coming out. Hmm. All right. Nothing. Wow. Good to chat. I can tell you what's coming out the week <laughs> after, but I'd be kind of spoiling the scenario, would I not? Absolutely. So you take it away. We, Whatever. Talk did, about I anything. Mean, okay. <laughs> Even though it's not. Well, well next. Well, I mean, May twenty fourth. When we get to that next week, it's going to be a crazy week. I mean, I'm going to be talking. You know, it's going to make up for the lack of titles this week. I mean, there's. I think there's one 4K release coming. The rest are all sort of Blu-ray, and of course, I really discussed DVD. We won't get into that. <laughs> but in terms of other releases, like upcoming releases. Uh, I haven't been able to really see anything too far into the future. Like, I'm trying to find out. Here's my main, my main gripe, right? This week, Evil Dead was announced for release in the US. And so I think they've got a July release date for it. And while no sites have, like, reported what special feature content's going to be on it, I did see the back of the Warner jacket for the 4K. And there is fucking zero special features on it. There is nothing on it. Not even so much as a trailer on this thing which shocks me because i was on youtube the other day and there was a five minute compilation that someone had uploaded of behind the scenes footage 
from the new Evil Dead. And it's all taken from the various cast and crew members that are compiled footage. So you can see behind the scenes of practically everything. And because it was all mainly shot on a phone, they've been able to get that phone into the tightest of spots. So there's stuff from behind the scenes of within the, the lift. You even see right at the start when they're building the sets themselves. So you can see where the corridor is going to be. I'm like, well, this footage exists and someone's put it all up on the internet in, you know, a compilation. Then why the hell aren't we getting yeah. a proper release? And it's a, it's made a ridiculous amount of money, enough money that they're warranted a 4K release, but not a single special feature. Not even, there's multiple trailers for the film. I mean, on the B2B for Universal Pictures, there's interview footage with Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell, as well as other cast and crew on the film, but they've not seen fit do to they do not, so. Do they not know. just have like... Do they... they could have just contacted... They could have just contacted you, Glenn, and got your interview with uh, the two leads. I mean, they've got well, all see, that. They've got all that. Like they've yeah, got every everything. interview that's been done. They've, they've got, got it. They've the global. It. Yeah, they keep. They they've got all of this stuff. And I mean, I would like to say, oh, okay, they want to rush it to market because they know there's demand for it. So they'll make some money now. Then come October, they'll double dip and release a deluxe edition. It ain't gonna happen. Not through. Not through Warner Universal, because they're not really double dipping into their catalogue on recent release titles. I mean, they don't even like releasing back catalogue titles. And the problem with this picture being a Warner New Line picture is the fact that they probably won't sub-license it to someone like Screen Factory or Arrow either, which means we might be actually fucked for a special edition on this. And this is one I actually would like to buy, but... I would like some special features on there because there's a lot of cool shit. I'd like to see some behind the scenes of the special effects. I, I listened to a recent podcast with the director who was um, on Postmortem and it was a fascinating listen. So yeah, it's a really big disappointment. At this stage, no local release date and we can definitively say that once that US release and the specs are finalised, we're going to get a carbon copy of it. Is so it yeah, that's my main gripe for this week. Is it something as simple well, as they haven't got the manpower, like they've just not got enough people to assign to it? I just, I think it's just a, it's complete oversight. I think they don't, these majors, they they don't know their markets that well. They, they think, okay, well, people want a 4K. I mean, when it comes to Warner, they're doing some fantastic releases at the moment to celebrate their 100th anniversary. A lot of back catalogue releases making their way to 4K. Unfortunately, they're not going to any effort to do any new content. So they're porting all the content from their two-disc special editions and Blu-rays, which is great because it makes it a complete package. But it's a shame that there's a missed opportunity to do something new with it. And I feel for them, they don't really care. I've heard excuses on, I did read one excuse that someone said, there's probably no special features because originally the film was made for HBO Max and, you know, they tested it, tested through the roof and they decided to go theatrical with it. And to that I say, bullshit, because I've just watched five minutes of behind the scenes footage of it. How hard is it to get the director yeah. to do a commentary, you know, just to step inside a studio wherever he is in the world, whether he's back in Ireland or whether he's in the US, to do a commentary i mean there would have been stuff they deleted from the film as well for sure for run runtime but yeah so like i don't think it's a you know it's a they made so, a lot of money out of this movie and i think that they're just they're just being tight asses on it you know sorry jared look i, I maybe I, I missed the very beginning of your talk because i would have been thinking about our savior jesus christ <laughs> yeah absolutely uh, did, is this just is this just the 4k or is there stuff on the no on the this is for the blu-ray and it's, dvd it's, it's, as and... well yeah yeah there's yeah, right. nothing nothing on them all of them at this stage they haven't announced the audio specs 
and I couldn't quite see that detail on the back of the jacket because the image wasn't large enough. But so I'll come back, but I'm hoping at the very least it's got an Atmos track because that movie did sound amazing in the cinema. It was probably one of the best sounding films I've seen in recent years. It was just like full 360 degree sound and it really added to the film. But yeah, at this stage, no special features for any one of the formats for this film. But yeah, that was a that was a big gripe of mine this week because I'm just, I don't know, I'm just kind of pissed off. You want to keep people in physical media, you've got to do a bare minimum. And a bare minimum is really a trailer, mm. maybe some marketing featurettes or something, I don't know. But anyway, uh, so, but no Australian date at this stage, but considering we opened in line with the US, I anticipate that we'll probably see it around the same time, sometime July, late July into August. Uh, but I will report back when I hear more about that. But that was pretty much the most exciting <laughs> release news this week. And sadly, it's not good news. Yeah, well, there we go. Oh, well, it, there was a conversation to be had and we had it. <laughs> I, I feel like we should retitle this segment Jarrett's PE Rant. Because I feel like I've been ranting a lot lately. I promise to bring good news and cheer next week because, like I said, there's a ton of releases uh, and some of them are actually good. So get excited <laughs> wow. for that. Uh, I will say, Jack, actually, yeah. look, let me let me give you a heads up on one of them. I'll give you a heads up on one of them. Okay, so Pearl is coming out mm -hmm. right next week. Uh, and Madman's actually done a very good job of it because they've ported the special feature content from the US release, albeit only being two featurettes and a trailer but that's still quite good plus they've released an alternate version at jb with a slip case with you know considerably better art than the traditional theatrical art for the film but that one is coming out next week so that one look i'm really excited about the fact that madman's doing it hopefully it'll encourage roadshow to re-release the first one on blu-ray well that would be good i mean ben's <laughs> ben's in austria you could go and pick up the 4k release because they'd actually got a 4k over there x yeah yeah, I, I will be on the lookout for it. Pick uh, up your three. Peels. Pick up three. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think, should, should it, yeah, I think there's probably, there's honestly like four versions of it over there because they did media books of it as well. So there's three different art and then I think a steel book that was the wider trade wide, which is funny, a trade wide would be a steel book. But that's, I mean, they've just got such a rapid physical media sort of community over that way. Excellent. Yeah, it's going to be great. And just, oh, I, I will I drop one more tidbit. Before... I've got one. Yeah, oh, sorry. Okay. You go with your tidbit. And I was I'll, gonna, I'll... I was... No, I was just going to say, like, should we talk about that, or that's, that new slew of uh, houseboat horror extras that we previously, that no one's announced yet? Oh. I thought we announced them last no, week. We no, we did. <laughs> oh, good, good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to, I was thinking, oh, I'm just trying to, to drag it out a bit. <laughs> yeah. More, no, we're bringing it back. Content. I did a ra I did a radio <laughs> spot the other night. I um I didn't have an opportunity to kind of pimp it on the social media to get people to listen, but it didn't matter because we had our usual. It's it pretty much I feel like some of the callers that call in. It's like it's like an episode of Sizzle Town. I love it, <laughs> but we did fish out of water movies, and it was like the busiest it had been. We had they had so many callers. They basically told people to stop calling or texting because <laughs> the, there was just no way they were going to get through. But we did fish out of water, and and at one point, I think Trevor brought up the movie Houseboat, the Cary Grant film and Sophia Loren, mm. and I saw that as an opportunity towards Jinzia. the end of the thing Jinzia. to bring up Houseboat Horror. Yeah. <laughs> so I did get to talk on ABC Radio about Houseboat Horror, and what's more, it's formed the theme for next month where we're going to do... Uh, film set on the water so i'll probably go into a huge excellent and don't forget don't that. forget the long-awaited sequel jet ski jerry that's coming Killer yeah I'm, that's i'm looking forward to 
to getting on the jet ski. I'm not going to take any lessons. I'm just going to go there and, and bar up. do it. Yeah, exactly. Bar up. Okay, yeah. so I did have another tidbit. <laughs> I did say I was going to show you the haunting of Julia. I clearly don't have it here at the moment. I've got, I do. I've got lots of other stuff here, but I was going to, and Glenn's going to get it. There it is. Is it still sealed, Glenn? Yes. I well, if you want to see it open and you want to check it out, I have done a video on the Monster Fest website and YouTube. It's an unboxing and product review of it. Look, it was It's a terrific release. Like, it's, it's, it's got a it's um, loaded with special feature this content. This is not gonna fare well for the listeners of the show, but if you watch the video on Tuesday, you can see mm. the cover here. But it's got a holographic cover and it's really thick. And I'm gonna shoot my own little unboxing of that too. Oh, well, there you go. We'll have competing unboxings. <laughs> it's a 3D lenticular hard case, apparently, is the wording that is they've it, given um, it. Is it, li is it limited? It is to 1,500 units, and I'm shocked that it hasn't sold out yet. I know that, obviously, BFI have done a 4K it. release in the States, and, uh, sorry, in the UK, and Screen Factory's done a 4K in the US, uh, but it's hard to say. The BFI does have some great special features, it's either between the BFI or Imprint release as to the best release, but honestly, the Imprint has the best packaging of the lot, but I'm shocked that they haven't sold through the 1,500 units. It's it's crazy. Probably by the time, you know, you do your unboxing, Glenn, it'll be gone. So maybe <laughs> keep it in the plastic and hold on to it for eBay because that thing could be fetching a pretty penny. That is true. That is true. All right, mate, that's it for the I week. I was going to say, I know, oh, I no, know you no, can't. Ben's got uh, more. He's can't. got one more tidbit. <laughs> I was just going to say. No, I was just going to say, I know it looks like I'm just looking, I'm just watching uh, the Zoom feed uh, while we're doing this. I've actually just jumped on the JB Hi-Fi website to order myself a coffee. <laughs> oh, well, you know what's going to happen though, Ben, is you'll, you'll order a coffee now. They do have 20% off, but the minute you order it and before it even arrives in your letterbox, they'll do one of those buy one, get one freeze. <laughs> and you'll realize that you could have got two films for that, like 60 odd dollars instead of the one. Like, like what happened to you with The Wicker Man? And then I got the yeah, Wicker Man and okay. Godfather for the price of one. Anyway, I don't want to... You know what you can do? You can always return it, get a refund, and buy it again. Yeah. So, well, not to, yeah, not to dissuade anyone from purchasing it right now at Top Dollar because we need to support the indies, if anything. But anyway, that's it for me for this week, uh, gentlemen. So, Ben, enjoy your travels abroad. And uh, Gwen, as always, absolute pleasure. Adios, amigo. So according to us on the show last week, this is now the up late segment. <laughs> and I like doing things that are according to us. <laughs> well, that's right. And I mean, apparently this is where yeah. we just steal some ideas from the other show I host, which is up late <laughs> with Chloe. So, Which is, yeah. And, you know, look, as, as, as someone who, who steals other people's ideas professionally, <laughs> uh, I'm all for it. <laughs> well, this is uh, Glenn and Ben's style. <laughs> Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna this week we're gonna do true or false, which is um pretty easy. I'm just gonna I'll, I, I don't believe you've prepped for this. <laughs> no, I had I had planned to. I had, I honestly had planned to, and then with all of the hassle of travelling, I completely forgot about it. Completely understand. Uh, but maybe I, maybe I can come up with some stuff on the fly. All right, maybe and I can do two. Maybe right. I can do two to get you in the the swing of things. And um, yeah, give me a couple, and we'll see. All right, cool. So yeah. let me start off with this one. True or false, Janine Garofalo turned down an offer to star as Gail Weathers in Scream because she thought it was too violent. It sounds so ridiculous that it has to be true. It is true. Can you imagine her as true. Gail Weathers? <laughs> <laughs>
Well, especially now, considering that uh, uh, Courtney <laughs> Courtney Cox now looks like she's wearing the ghost face mask without wearing the ghost face mask. <laughs> yep. Well, I mean... I'd be all for it. Apparently, Gruffalo definitely regretted it, obviously, but she didn't expect it to turn out as funny as it did, and she said that's what her regret was. And when you when you look back and when you look back at especially the early the earlier parts of the franchise, she is much more of an obvious match for David Arquette than yeah, Courtney Cox. Is. Totally, totally. Mind you, you Courtney know. Cox back then looked like eighties Courtney Cox. Like you know, she didn't look yeah, like. Oh, you yeah, know, very, but that's that's part of the problem. Like she didn't I, look like exhumed Courtney Cox. Life, so it actually did work. Yeah. But no, but yeah, but I always thought <laughs> I always thought even in real life I thought Courtney Cox was was way too good looking for David Arquette. <laughs> it's true. True. There's an average, and he yeah. was uh, he was he was batting above it. <laughs> like you know, David Arquette's done some great stuff, but he's never starred in a in a Bruce Springsteen music video. Mm, that's true. He's never starred in a Masters of the Universe movie. Like he, I don't think I don't think he's worked for Canon, so no, he doesn't count. That's true. But he has uh, he has been ready to rumble, and I mean that's that's a, that's a high point in anyone's career. He was ready to rumble. That All is, right, that is that is true. That Next. is true, Glenn. <laughs> Next, true or false? The Matrix was originally written as a sequel to Strange Days, but the studio hired the Wachowskis to rewrite it when Catherine Bigelow left the project. Need some thinking music in here. I, I would think, I, I think that's false. Why is that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I can't tell. I don't really have a reason other than. I mean, look, I, I took, it took me a long time to watch Strange Days because all of the, the trailer made, uh, is it Ray Fiennes? Mm-hmm. Ray Fiennes? Yep. Look really sweaty throughout the whole thing. Tom Moody sweaty. Like, <laughs> I don't like watching sweaty people. Like it was, I had a pro- big problem with Gary Oldman in, in Leon as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Like, oh, he looks pretty sweaty in this. <laughs> but uh, then when... Then uh, on subsequent watches, I'm like, oh, he's, not as, he's not as sweaty as I thought he was. Well, that is indeed false. There we I go. made it up. Because I, I didn't think that she left the project, so there we go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it didn't That's exist like, to begin with. Mean? That was the yeah. <laughs> was that enough time for you to wrangle some uh, true or false together for me? No, no, no. Okay. no I, I uh, no, I need to. I, no. All right, I'll give you one more. Yeah. All right. Batteries not included was originally written as an episode of Amazing Stories. Uh, true indeed steven spielberg thought the story was too good for an episode and insisted insisted they make it into a into a film and that was written by mick garris and ss wilson and whatever his name brent braddock or whatever that did tremors so good collaboration that one The one thing I didn't anticipate, which I should have with this particular segment, is there's a lot of dead air in the middle. (laughs) There's a lot of dead air, yeah. (laughs) You're just going to add thinking music into it. I might have to. The Jeopardy music. Yeah, yeah. I've got got it on backup. Hopefully that clears. I need that uh, to be Uh, one of those sound effect buttons in the the machine we use. All right. Fourth one. Fourth one here. Great. So the movie, All 2010, right. the year we made contact, outgrossed David Lynch's Dune and John Carpenter's Starman in 1984. Uh, that's got to be false. Absolutely it's true. It's got to be false because Starman was like a... Oh, wow. I yeah. thought Starman was like a massive hit. Yeah, it was. And 2010 was bigger. 
And yet today no one talks about that. Maybe it was just that anticipation of it anticipation that a sequel to 2010 and Roy Schneider was he was like huge at the time yeah so it's hard to go. believe that he was it's hard to believe that he was huge I mean he was in a lot of big films but I always feel like he was he was always a and John Schneider yeah I kind of feel the same and, way but uh, I guess he must have been a draw card Roy to put Schneider him, I should say yeah, Roy to, Schneider to put him in all of Not these John Schneider from Dukes of Hazzard and Smallville <laughs> The same. Oh, is it? Man, I got those two mixed up. I mean, he should have been in 2010 and Jaws. It would have been better. <laughs> it would have been, yeah, far superior. I mean, when yeah. he ran to the beach, he would have heard that, like, hillbilly music. and. But I always I always feel like, I don't know why anyone wanted to would pay for a superstar Roy Scheider when you could just get James B. Sicking, Doogie Howser's dad, <laughs> to play. Because he, he, he just, he'd work for... He worked for parts. I'm trying to. And they, he looks identical. I'm trying to put a face to his name. He's not the dad from Team Wolf, is he? No, 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 that guy's great. No, he is the. He's in. He's in um, Point Point Blank, funnily enough, uh, which won't help you at all. Uh, <laughs> he looks. Well, I mean, I, I I'll can't just look him up any, any other way than. He looks exactly like Roy Scheider, <laughs> okay. but like a, a, you know, a more like upper class, like a, he's a more of a classy Roy Scheider. Okay, I'll just look him up. Which afterwards. is odd to say when when traditionally he is literally is TV's Roy Scheider. <laughs> I mean, I ask these questions, yeah, but like, I don't he really looks care. More like a classy one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm going to tell. I'm going to give you the answers in as long-winded a way as possible <laughs> to cover up for the fact that I have not come up with any true or false. Well, I was going to say, do you want to participate in this game or should we just move on? Uh, I mean, hang, hang on a second. Hang on. Let me let me ask... Uh, <laughs> let me ask Reader's Digest. Let me uh, steal some from this... Uh, <laughs> we just pulled up on the internet. Uh, oh, these aren't true or false. These are just questions. This is... God damn you. I specifically put true or false... Uh, Hollywood. Okay, here we go. The Pioneer Woman. Hollywood. Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> true or false questions? Take the quiz. Great episode, by the way. All right. True. This is this is a terrible question. And, a, and <laughs> sometimes I think these people they're written by people who have only watched five movies. True or false? The nickname of Morgan Freeman's character in Million Dollar Baby is Red. False. <laughs> Shawshank. Yeah. Uh. And you know what the irony there is, or I don't even know it's irony, but his nickname Red comes from the book because his nickname is Red in the book because he's Irish. So it doesn't make sense in yeah. cinematic terms because he's black guy. No. <laughs> but it's just funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to. I've got to go through these. That's the uh, the funny thing is I've got to go through these and find the ones that I actually know the answers to. Because <laughs> there are some. I yeah. wonder if I wonder if it tells you if it tells you the answer. So true or false? Elizabeth Taylor married the same man twice. Oh, that's true. Richard Burton. It is. I think it is yeah, Richard Burton, yeah. <laughs> like some of these are ridiculous. True or false. It took seven hours for Zoe Saldana's Gamora makeup to put on uh, Gamora makeup for Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, uh, true or false. Jaws was originally released in the summer of 1975. That's false, isn't it? That'll be 74. Well, 82% of people said true. I don't know the I actually don't know the correct answer. <laughs> Damn, I mean I should know that one and It doesn't tell you until you get to the end. No, you're right. It, it was 75. 75. Oh, yep. here we go. Uh, true or false? <laughs> Julia Roberts was married to Keith Sutherland. 
they were together. I don't think they were married. She was married to Lyle Lovett, which is she was. fucking that, that gave was, hope to a lot of people. He caught shit for that. It gave hope yeah. to a lot of people. There you are. <laughs> no, I'm going to say false. The, the, the answer. The answer is false. You're correct. They were engaged, but they yes. were never married. That was the flatliner days. Uh, uh, true or false, <laughs> Val Kilmer was offered the role of Johnny in the movie Dirty Dancing. Oh, I want to say false. It is, in fact, true. Wow. He was offered the lead role. Hmm. I mean, you read that movie on paper, you probably don't want to sign up to it. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew it was going to be what it was? <laughs> Uh, oh, and just in case you're out there wondering if how long it does take uh, Zoe Saldana to put her Gamora makeup on, it's actually five hours, not seven. So there you go. If you didn't know that, you're a fucking idiot. Well done, pi- uh, Pioneer Women Trivia. Death she must have been your will Up on beneath the reaper's veil With your voice my belly sunk And I began to feel so drunk Candle, candle on my clock Oh Lord, I must have heard you knock me out of bed As the flames licked my head And my lungs filled up black In their tiny little shack It was real, and I repent All those messages you sent Clear as day, but in the night Oh, I couldn't get it right church and here is a steeple open the doors there are the people and all their little hearts at ease for another week's disease an eagle eagle towel and scream I never once left in between I was on the fence And I never wanted your two cents Down my throat, into the pit With my head upon the spit Oh Reverend, please, can I chew your ear? I've become what I most fear And I know there's no such thing as ghosts But I have seen the demon host
you go. A song by Timba Timba called Devil Host, and that's from the movie Infinity Pool. And wow, what a what a banger of a movie this is. Infinity Pool is directed by Brandon Cronenberg, and it's his third film following Antiviral and Possessor. I think it's his best film. I was not a fan of Antiviral, to be honest with you. And Possessor, you know, I enjoyed it, but this one, this is where it's at. Have you seen it yet, Ben? No, I haven't. No, I did see. I ha- I've I've seen his other two. I I liked antiviral more for the concept some of the concepts in the film than sure. the film itself mm-hmm. like i couldn't tell you really what the plot was about but i love the idea of celebrity meat and yeah. people clamoring to get their celebrity meat i thought that was pure genius. it is an amazing concept i think i think i just got rubbed the wrong way because i'm not a fan of that actor was it caleb whatever his name is he rubs me the wrong way and yeah. i felt icky watching him um i don't know <laughs> but it's so funny when you watch him in like Three billboards. He's actually quite good, but then in um, in uh, American, it's American Way or American, you know that Tom Cruise drug smuggling movie where he's the pilot. Oh, American Made, yeah, yeah, yeah. American Made, yeah. And he's the screw up fuckwit brother-in-law. Yeah, look, he's a he's great actor. A, he's a great a actor. He was he was in Nitrum, that Aussie movie. But you know, I just I just don't know. There's some actors that you just don't enjoy watching, and he's one of them. But um, like, yeah. but but anyway, like Infinity Pool, I like everybody involved with this one, and um, it was it was great to get a chance to chat with um Brandon Cronenberg about this. He is for people that don't know the son of David Cronenberg, the legendary director of The Fly and Scanners and Shivers and Existence, which is one of the most underrated sci-fi movies of the last however long. Do you reckon people ask him about his dad? Yeah, well, they do. I know that um, somebody I work with on a previous <laughs> interview asked him about his dad, and it pr- that's a pretty much surefire way to shut him down. <laughs> yeah. He just he shuts off, and he's like, he's not interested anymore. But you know what? That's what you get for having a famous surname. <laughs> you can't you can't work in the same field as your famous <laughs> father, and expect to get constantly be compared to. It. He should have made rom coms and make the same kind of bloody movies. That you know, the same kind of movies. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, like father, like son, very twisted minds. Everything but, they make but is. But I get it. I can understand. I can understand why you get you you get tired of it. Yeah. Look, like, to be honest with you, your first film, hundred percent. But then by the time of your third, you're like, surely I'm my own man now. I I speak to a lot of people, and I don't bring that kind of shit up. It's just not of interest to me. Like you know, I don't need to know what his dad thinks of his yeah. work. <laughs> Anyway, let's see what yeah. other what's things... His dad, what's his dad going to say? <laughs> let's see what what's other things he has to say. I know. Oh, I thought we were shit, son. Hi, Brandon. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, doing good. Um, great film. This is uh, my favourite of your films, easily. Oh, thank you. And um, it might sound weird to some people, but I get um, like a lot of comfort feeling uneasy when watching films. Um, I like that guttural reaction. Um, Infinity Pool definitely nails it. Are you the same when you watch movies? I do. I mean, it's, I wouldn't say comfort necessarily, but I, I definitely like movies that make me uncomfortable or that, that push me into a kind of a weird headspace. I, I feel like to me, that's when a film has that kind of transformative quality to it. You know, it, it forces you to to kind of uh, see see the world from another angle or or explore an aspect of, of your own brain that you wouldn't normally explore because you're you're not comfortable with it. But I think I think that's healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I think that you've tapped in some really genuine genuinely relatable fears that a lot of people have with this film like being stuck in a foreign country you know in trouble with the law and you haven't got your own sort of embassy to get you out of that trouble um where did this story come from like what inspired you to tell it so it actually started as a short story that i was working on uh and never completed 
in I think 2014 or 2013. And the initial idea for the, the story was just essentially the first execution scene in the film. So it was uh, someone in uh, an execution theater watching an exact likeness uh, of themselves being executed. And this double thinks that it committed the crime and that it's, that it's guilty. And so it was sort of about the identity side of it and punishment and, and that kind of thing. Uh, and then the tourism resort kind of grew out of that, you know, as I was expanding it into a feature that seemed like uh, a good environment to tell a story about people who are not operating uh, with conventional consequences. So you haven't had any of your own uh, unfortunate experiences abroad? <laughs> I mean, not. I, I did... I did draw from one uh, vacation I went to quite a while ago. It, 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 nothing <laughs> like the film, really, but just the the environment. Um, it, you know, if if you've ever been to one of these sort of horrible all inclusive resorts where uh, <laughs> you know you're on a weird compound surrounded by a razor wire fence and, and totally removed from the host country or, or any sense of, of culture or reality uh i, I did draw from something uh, yes yeah, it's, it's terrifying uh how important is shock value to you like do you set out to create something a bit shocking or does that element sort of come along with naturally with the process it comes along naturally i think i you know i i don't have a problem with shock cinema i mean there's obviously a great history of, of shock cinema and that's fine but i but i also feel like it's sort of limited uh in, in terms of uh narrative and you know the creative satisfaction of just shocking people is pretty is pretty minimal for me uh yeah i know films are graphic but uh to me those graphic elements are very narrative for instance in infinity pool so much of the story is about uh the psychological evolution of the character where the where the character uh goes to based on his experiences and, and the, the other characters experiences and so to me, it's important that the audience understands that on a visceral level, you know, you, you experience mm -hmm. it. It's a very subjective film. You're seeing it sort of through that character's eyes. And so to be, to experience those things in a, in a really visceral way to have that kind of uh, sense of it, I think calibrates the audience so that they're experiencing the next part of the film in, in a way that I think is important. Yeah, no, I think you definitely nailed that. Uh, the, the drama behind it definitely sort of elevates everything else. But like you said, like there is, there are some, you know, visceral and very shocking moments in the film. How do you go about articulating the ideas that are in your head and perhaps on paper to the people that have to make it practical? Well, uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate to work with very experienced genre nerds who all love this stuff and, and do this stuff for a living. So, it, it, you know, it's less, uh, it's less of a struggle to articulate and more uh something that becomes very quickly a brainstorming session because i'm working with you know like my, my effects artist dan martin or you know kareem hussein my cinematographer rob cotterell is, is a my first ad but also one of my close filmmaking collaborators they're all massive horror fans and, and love this stuff and so you know I'll, I'll have my initial ideas but very quickly dan will say okay well look you, you want to have this like hallucinatory orgy <laughs> I've got some stuff that I've been working on. I have like some, I have a, some strange dicks in my closet that I want to like involve <laughs> in this. And, you know, um, here's a sort of a menu of things based on our brainstorming sessions that are kind of achievable, like within the budget and time frame, and we can talk that through. And so it becomes very quickly this, this uh, great collaborative process with, with those guys. 
It's good to have friends like that. No, nothing like having a mate with dicks in his closet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dan has tons of dicks apparently in there. But yet he still has to make custom dicks for every film. So the dick closet only expands. Um, I, don't, I don't recall seeing um, actors commit quite as much mental and physical investment into a movie because Alexander Skarsgård and, and Mia Goth are both just intense in this film. Are they easy to direct and do you let them have much flexibility with the script? Yes, they're fantastic to direct, and, and I give them quite quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of room to explore. You know, by the time I'm casting a film, I'm sort of bored of my characters because I've been working on the script for years. The characters have all kind of gone to sleep on me, and so really, what I want to do is find those actors who have you know that special thing that some actors have, where they just like burn through the screen every time you see them. They're just so immediately fascinating, and. Uh, Mia is one of those performers. Alex is one of those performers. Uh, you know, admired their work for years, and so uh, I want them to surprise me and to inject life into the characters. And, and so I like to give them a fair bit of room to explore on set. The scene still has to work in a certain way. You know, I still have to edit in my head as we're shooting and, and kind of guide it. But really, they bring a lot to to those characters, and and, I, and that's. Uh, <laughs> why I why I cast them knowing that they can, have, can bring that intensity to the part. Yeah, they go from sweet to sour very easily, both of them in different <laughs> ways. And I don't I don't like to use the um the term scream queen, but Mia Goth is like just she is the new scream queen. Like she's just nailing it in really good horror movies at the moment. You know, it's a real asset to you. Oh, completely. I mean, you know, again, Mia is someone I've been wanting to work with for years. It's sort of a, a kind of a lucky coincidence in a way that she's hit this run of, of respected horror roles because it's kind of uh, fed into, I guess, the, the excitement around her in the film. But I mean, I, since Nymphomaniac and, and all throughout her career, she's, she's just one of those actors who steals every scene that she's in. And, uh, you know, I think she's amazing. Totally, totally. They're, they're both very audacious, but you do seem to surround yourself with risk takers, I think is probably the best way to put it. Um, do you have actors in mind when you're writing scripts or is it just the usual process of, you know, finding them through audition and casting? Uh, it's usually with, with leads. It's usually not audition because you're you're usually lucky to get them to <laughs> to say yes, or at least I am. You know, maybe it's different if you're Marvel or whatever. But um, <laughs> for for me, I don't write with an actor in mind because it, the stars really have to align anytime you cast anybody. You know, it's it's it, it, you know, are they available? Do they want to do it? You know, in a in an indie co-production it can be as weird as do they have the right passport you know to, to be allowed to be in, in the film and so all these elements uh can, can can block you from from casting an actor and so I, I, to avoid heartbreak i don't uh, have anyone in mind as i'm writing the roles i sort of uh, again i just have certain actors that i like and then if i'm lucky enough to get them interested in the film uh, and they, they become the character well you've lucked out every time all three films <laughs> how many um movies and sort of stories do you sort of have floating around your head at any given time like do you have a backlog of movies you'd like to make absolutely um it, it sort of it sort of depends i mean uh when i made my first film i didn't have another project going because i didn't have a career yet and, and so i sort of had vague ideas but i had focused all my attention on just trying to get that, that one thing made mm -hmm. um then there was an eight-year gap between my first and second films where I uh, accumulated many, many <laughs> projects that I was sort of desperately trying to trying to get made. Uh, 
and now hopefully some of those are, are going to be able to uh to go ahead but do you have much um do you have much input or say on how the the final sort of poster treatment looks because they've all been really striking um generally it varies uh, i mean i mean you get you get input but also not approval mm. usually from your distributors i mean i have a very good relationship with uh with neon uh who were responsible for the last two posters um yeah. or, or not in every territory but uh, yeah yeah for the us um and so yes it's it's a collaborative process with, with those guys but i yeah. mean they're also just fantastic at positioning films and you know it's, it's yeah and they obviously um they respect your vision because they definitely nail it on the poster um what sort of movies in general influence you like um do you generally watch these type of films or do you are you into other kind of films just as a casual observer yeah i watch i watch kind of everything you know i mean i'm uh i, I wasn't a cinephile getting into films necessarily in the way that some people are like a lot of the people who i work with are very very obsessive cinephiles i sort of grew up being you know appreciating movies but reading books more being a bit a bit more of a book nerd um and but so I watch everything. I mean, I, I love horror and I, I love I love genre films. But um, you know, I'll watch I'll watch anything. Yeah, you're you're comfortably carving out a notch in horror and sci-fi. So, but do do you ever see yourself stepping to the side and doing another kind of movie? For sure. Uh, you know, I'm not specifically trying to be a, a horror filmmaker. Although I'm happy to be a horror filmmaker. I'm, it's yeah. Not yeah. That that i have a problem being I, I am a horror filmmaker in that that's what i've been making um but uh you know it's 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 just sort of where my head's at i i wouldn't hesitate to follow uh some other idea if it, if just go where the instinct is awesome well um i've i've you know i've clocked up the time efficiently and um out of questions <laughs> but um no just just as a fanboy, um yeah i just i love your work i'm particularly big on canadian cinema having lived there for a while um, oh really? Where, so, were you? Where were you in Canada? I was in um, Vancouver, and I went briefly to the Vancouver Film School. And so that mid to late '90s era Canadian cinema, particularly like Bruce McDonald, all that kind of stuff, Lynn Stopkowicz, Kissed, all those sort of films, right up my alley. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. So no, I really get a kick out of talking to people like yourself. So thanks so much, mate. Oh, thank you. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Bonehead Weekly Fun Size, and this week we're talking body horror films. Not horror, horror, but horror. Terror pictures that deal with the body, the human body to be exact. Which one of you would like to go first? Anytime I'm on film, it's definitely body horror. Go ahead, Chad. Yeah, I'll go one. first. So this is one of those movies that creeped me out back when I was 13 years old. Jennifer Lynch's Boxing Helena. You know, I liked it when I saw it. I don't know that it creeped me out, but I think it, I was just really into the lead actress. Well, yeah, Anaya was a big fan of Cheryl Lynn Finn, too. And I didn't know what the... the, the Cheryl Lynn the, Finn? Cheryl, that's what I said. Oh, Cheryl Lynn Finn. Cheryl Lynn Flynn. <laughs> oh, what my God. Pause. Why, why are you putting a pause in the middle of it? I'm not. Listen to me, Cheryl Lynn Flynn. <laughs> what's the, what's the family guy, James? What is it? <laughs> What's oh, the there's word? tons of them. Quip, quip. No, but there's also, I mean, there's tons of other ones where they mask those pronunciations. But right. I, so, well, I didn't know what this movie was, other than I had a huge crush on Sherilyn Flynn, and and then 
if you don't know what it's about, it's about this man who's obsessed with this woman he had an affair with and she's into an accident and he's a doctor and basically he amputates all of her limbs and keeps her as a prisoner. And it is bizarre. It is disturbing. And seeing Sherilyn Flynn with no arms or legs just creeped me out to no end. So uh, yeah, Boxing Helena. That, I, actually, I want to say that may have been my introduction to body horror. That that the only problem with that movie is the ending. It doesn't yeah. stick to the landing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll I'll go next with one that I I was real. This was really difficult because several body horror films technically I didn't think of as body horror, but movies I really like. This is a true horror film. I think James and Chad both agree. The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Yeah. Starring Emil Hirsch and Brian Cox as a father and son who are coroners who who get this mystery body. And they're trying to identify a young woman who's apparently got more and more secrets the more and more they delve into her literal body. And it's a creepy movie. Mm-hmm. And it works. And I don't know that it gets enough attention. So definitely tech, check out The Autopsy of Jane Doe. It's on Hulu 2016. James. I'm going to go classic horror, body horror. And what I mean classic, the idea is classic. It's not got anything as extreme as you all are talking about, but I think when you talk about a body that has been weaponized, you have to mention and and becomes a horror in of itself. Teeth. Oh, teeth is a good one. Uh, Yeah. What a horrible phrase means no dick for the rest of your days. And it's it's kind of a nice twist on horror. I pee through a tube. Now it's a cockless free. philosophy vagina data anyway uh what i was gonna say is it is i mean that's a classic horror trope but at the same time it also takes a twist of the virginal final girl being where is this twist that completely around by the way i did just want to say boxing helena is just a continuation of the brain that wouldn't die good night everybody (laughs) this has been bonehead weekly fun science please tune in next week for Thank you, Boneheads, keeping up the mojo of body horror there. Um, the Cronenbergs really are the masters of body horror. I think, to be honest with you, I think David Cronenberg is cited as being the creator of or the originator of body horror, which I guess body horror has always existed, but maybe he just, I don't know, made it cinematic. Coined the phrase. <laughs> maybe that's it. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. But it's yeah, yeah, you have to how many do you, how many films of a certain type have to be made before it becomes its own Good point. Good question. I mean, body horror is still a subgenre. It's not its own genre per yep. se. Yep. It's a subgenre of horror. But yeah, you know, when does it transcend? Because body when do you horror move from comedy. Yeah, because body horror really is the morphine of body, isn't it? It's the. It's not so much. It's all about the horror that that exists within the body and the person. Within. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to keep the horror of these meat sacks that we inhabit. I'm going to keep the the really batshit crazy stuff going with my first recommendation or my only recommendation. Um, you may have seen this 2016. There was a movie that Umbrella released called Spaghetti Man. Did you ever watch that? It is absolutely insane. No. It is a really, really I have it. I have it on DVD. Really, really low budget um, superhero movie, if you will. Takes the concept of Spider Man and replaces the webbing that he spits out of his arms with pasta. So- <laughs> So it's about a guy that he's kind of like a loafer guy. He's, you know, disheveled and, and balding and got wily hair and scruffy beard. And I'm looking at him hey, right I now. Thought we were talking about, uh, <laughs> I, thought, I thought we were talking about Spaghetti Man, not about me. <laughs> and man, that's it. This, this movie is autobiographical. It's Ben's life story. <laughs> but this is a guy who doesn't give a fuck about anybody. Yes, it is about Ben. <laughs> it is. 
Someone's going to get sued. You'll appreciate this. When he, when he eats a really rank bowl of spaghetti that's been affected in a microwave mishap, he suddenly develops the ability to shoot large wads of pasta out of his hands. And so he decides to try and fight crime with it. And so this outrageous and stupid comedy sort of action movie is just... It's, it's so hard to describe. It sounds crap, but it's fucking awesome. The guy, instead of a mask, wears a brown paper bag over his head with holes cut into it. And it just goes around shooting massive wads of spaghetti, and that's pretty much it. Funny enough, it's like it's like he's been seeing seeing all my Tinder dates because that's usually <laughs> what they ask of me. <laughs> but like, I'm, I, I, like, I tell them, I tell them that this is the best part. The rest is even worse. So really, it should be I should be brown ba- paper bagging <laughs> my entire body with just the head out. <laughs> paper bagging—that's got to be a euphemism for something. <laughs> But this movie, to describe like the aesthetic and like the the way it feels, and the atmosphere of it would be to describe it a bit like the Greasy Strangler, and cross that with maybe Super, the movie that James Gunn made with Rain Wilson. It's sort of a, those two aesthetics combined. The, yeah, Umbrella put it out on DVD with the worst cover art. It's like a hand drawn poster, and the American poster art is so much better. So, if you're the kind of person that likes to buy movies based on the quality of the artwork. The Aussie one's maybe not the one to go for, but if you just like a good movie, I think it's on streaming. I think a lot of Umbrella stuff ends up on Amazon Prime. So, Usually on Prime, yeah. yeah. So you can get it there. Yeah, I will say this, and it kind of it does it. Funny enough, it, it doesn't. It, well, it kind of leads into my recommendation, but I, our Umbrella are really well represented on the Qantas uh, in-flight entertainment system. Are they really? So a lot of. A lot of umbrella titles. I mean, I guess they are, look. They are. They probably more show that more so than anyone than maybe Roadshow. I think probably they probably beat Roadshow on it too. But they release more Australian content. Is that than just about anyone? Is else. that because the airline has some kind of Prime tap in? No, 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 not at all. Like airlines are completely separate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, section of rights that you and you do you definitely do not give those to. Mm-hmm. A VOD streaming service to, gotcha. to on sell it. No, Umbrella would do it all all, all themselves. Well, that's very cool. Uh, and and uh, there was a lot of Umbrella stuff. I wonder there, if Spaghetti Man. Because I'm like, oh, I just wonder if Spaghetti that, Man right? was on your flight. I I don't think Spaghetti Man was there, but um, <laughs> yeah, it would be on Prime. No, it's more like yeah, the, the they've got a lot of the Pre- Australian films, the prestigious but also a lot stuff. of their new films too. Mm, the label, the prestigious stuff. stuff, the award winners, <clears throat> the award Excellent. winners. Well, take it away. Um, speaking of in-flight entertainment. Well, well, it's actually, <laughs> I, uh, I didn't. The, the the in-flight entertainment stuff was actually kind of too good for me to actually want to watch <laughs> in-flight. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So before going, I did. I downloaded uh, a movie from Prime. Like I saved it on my phone so I could watch it uh, on the plane, uh, and I ended up watching. And this is the perfect. It is a perfect kind of movie to watch on a plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Last Seen Alive, which I had not even heard had come out. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is, it's a Gerard Butler movie, and it's directed by this guy, Brian Goodman, who has directed a couple of films, but he's primarily known as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a basically a, uh, you know, the vanishing kind of kind of movie, or what's, the, uh, what's that one with Kurt Russell? Breakdown? It's very much a breakdown. Gotcha style of movie. So Gerard, Gerard Butler, who's who's married to um Jamie Alexander, who is in the Thor all the Thor movies and she had that uh, weird T V show with Sully, Sully 
uh, Sullivan Stapleton where she's wakes up in that box in the middle of Times Square covered in tattoos <laughs> yeah. and then she uses those tattoos to solve crimes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird contact. I just can't imagine that pitch meeting. Um <laughs> But they're they're having they're having some marital issues, and uh, he's uh, taking her more. She she wants to take a break. He doesn't want to take a break. He's quite happy with the way things are going, but she wants to take a break, uh, and she wants to spend a couple of weeks with her parents or a couple of months like with her parents back in her hometown in you know upstate New York, wherever the hell it is. Uh, and they're about fifteen minutes away, and he pulls into a. Um, uh, gas station to get gas and she goes into the into the thing to get some water and then she disappears right and he doesn't know what's happened to her and it, like yeah at first the, the guy behind the counter is like I don't know what you're talking about I don't recognize that description um, and then he calls the cops he calls he's like oh what's the number for the local cops and the guy's like 911 he's like oh, thanks <laughs> so he calls 911 <laughs> He's like, I was, yeah, I was hoping for local, but okay. Uh, he calls nine one one, and the guy's like, you know, look, you know, it's a bit soon for any kind of concern. Are you sure she didn't just walk home? He's like, why? Because how many times have you gone with your wife to the gas station, and you know, the house is fifteen minutes away, and she goes, I'm just going to walk from here and not tell you, <laughs> like it's ridiculous. Yeah. But they, like, no one is, no one is that inclined to kind of help him. And, and and then of course when they are they kind of suspect that he's the problem mm. and he, he's done something to her of course. Yeah, for the insurance and all that sort of stuff and of course he's desperately trying to find her it's actually a like a, a pretty kind of neat little thriller and I do like I have a lot of time for a drug but like Me in the too. right kind of uh, in the right uh, role he is incredibly effective and this is that kind of role yeah although he does they don't they spend absolutely like they spend no time getting into it like it happens. You know, pretty quick. They throw in a couple of flashbacks as the movie progresses to give you some backstory, which personally, it would have been unnecessary. We didn't yeah. need that. They could have, they could have made this a, a, a seventy-minute movie. It would have been even perfecter, and just got rid of all that crap. He must have that but, in his uh, contracts because his movies hit the ground running. Like that Greenland when he did that one. Like yeah. within five minutes, we're right in the thick of it. We're right in it, and yeah, it's very yeah, very much in that side. Which is why I was surprised I hadn't even heard of it because mm. it's twenty twenty two. It's a 2022 film. It's in the, it was in the new release, you know, just added to Prime. So um, I don't know who picked it up here, who actually put it up, put it up on uh, Prime awesome. for us. But um, Ethan Emery pops up. He's for, for someone who started off as a as like a hipster doofus dork kind of character as a young man in all of his movies. <laughs> I mean, I remember thinking when he got cast in Dragnet as the Tom Hanks kind of character in the in the TV series, I, I was like. That's a bit weird. Like he's a bit of a little weeny kind of guy, but then he's you know thanks to people like Sean Byrne, who have turned him into a balding, long-haired hillbilly bustle man, <laughs> and that's kind of what he plays in this. Yeah, and he's not even the main villain. He's just one of the guys. He's just like in a, almost a throwaway part, but he is fucking great. Well, and he's another he's connection really, to vacation. He's really <laughs> hundred percent. He was he was a rusty, yeah. Um, and the only other the only other actor of note that I recognised was Bruce Bruce uh, Altman uh, plays a Dan. He was in stuff like The Paper, and I believe if you watch Ozark, he uh, gets thrown out of a like eighteen story apartment balcony in the very first episode. Was he the which, um, which is hilarious? Was he the dad from Team Wolf? No. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Eventually. Eventually, uh, he'll pop up in something. 
<laughs> awesome, man. Awesome. Time to wrap it up. Um, you're not with us next week. I don't think so. Yeah. Maybe. I may make a surprise. Ah. I may make a surprise uh, cameo. Excellent. We'll see, we'll see awesome. how it goes. Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Once again, go to goodmoviemonday.com and find our social media pages and, and join us in some conversation. Uh, ben, keep enjoying your travels over there, mate. I appreciate you actually you literally phoning it in this week, and I love that. Oh, look, yeah. Any, any excuse to talk about uh, my pooping <laughs> adventures across Europe, you know, I'm, uh, I'm all for that. Excellent. And, um, you know, just one for you, mate. I'm going to sign off with a song by John Lennon. It's called Goodnight Vienna. <laughs> I, thought you were, I thought it was going to be, um, I thought it was going to be uh, uh, Vienna by uh, Billy Joel. Oh, no, I, I tried that one. Couldn't get the rights. Couldn't get through <laughs> I also it couldn't find too, shit too myself obvious. on a plane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he didn't shit himself on a plane, people. That was a joke. <laughs> no, almost. I could have. I could have. I could have. I could have if I wanted to, Glenn. Baby, to a party last night.